Hello and welcome to the Marketing Meetup Podcast. My name is Joe Glover. Today I'm speaking. I'm speaking about the lessons I've learned from building a newsletter and sending nearly 2 million emails over the past couple of years to the folks who are on the list for the Marketing Meetup. I speak about three underlying principles, principles that have guided me and, and hopefully made the newsletter worthy of your reading. The first is all about understanding email in context. The second is having a mindset of it not being about you. And then finally, the third is all about making your emails your own. While these principles are useful for email, then hopefully they also transcend into your wider marketing efforts too. Before we get going, I want to say a big thank you to our sponsors, uh, all of them, in fact, uh, for, for getting involved in the marketing meetup and supporting us throughout the course of our journey. This was a bonus webinar. We weren't actually supposed to have one this week. And so I just want to take a moment to thank Impression, Content Square, Attest, Hrefs, Redgate, Cambridge Marketing College, and Brand Recruitment. Every one of these brands has human beings behind them who've made the decision to support the marketing meetup and enable us to bring these sessions to you. With that thought in mind, then I just want to say a big thank you to every one of them because without them, we wouldn't be able to do what we do. If you're interested to check out any of the Marketing Meetup sponsors, head to themarketingmeetup.com forward slash sponsors and you can find out more about them. With all that said, now it's time to head over to the talk. Uh, the first voice you'll hear will be my own, where we start with a presentation and then we have a general Q&A about newsletters. Thank you so much for listening and I'll see you soon. So my name is Joe Glover. I am 30 years and 282 days old. Uh, that's me in the photo uh, with my daughter, Annie, uh, my wife, Georgette, and our dog, Eric. And I'm very, very happy to be here today. Today, I'm going to be speaking about email. Uh, but to do that, I need to start off with a story. That story begins in August 2016 when I was a solo marketer working in a small company. I knew that I wanted to meet other marketers and learn about marketing. And honestly, the, the obvious answer for meeting people and sort of learning about marketing, well, that would be networking. But networking, that terrified the hell out of me. And it's not just because I'm an introvert. It's because whenever I plucked up the courage to walk into those rooms, then people were stood in those circular formations and you had to break in to say hello to them. And even when you did, then quite often the solution or the outcome would be this. Someone would say, and it's lucky it's sort of blocked out by the box, no doubt. It says, uh, I don't know who you are, but would you like to buy some marketing? You can figure out the rest of that. It was enough to make me think that networking probably wasn't for me. And to share a quick story about uh, networking in more general terms, then I need to share a story of the four minutes I spent at an event, which I specifically traveled down to London for, for having traveled two hours down on the train from Cambridge. I spent the first 30 seconds having arrived at this event uh, in the queue, waiting to get in. I said, hi, my name's Joe Glover, and they let me in. The next 30 seconds were spent surveying the scene, looking around, and this particular event was in a nightclub and like people were stood in those circles and it was dark and it was loud and it was scary. So then the next three minutes were spent hiding in the toilets, not wanting to be there. The next 30 seconds were spent bolt bolting from the venue to catch the train back to London. Two and a half hours on the train all of a sudden for a four and a half minutes at a networking event. 
scary. All of this meant that in effect, networking just didn't feel right for me. It wasn't the place I wanted to be. It was clear that something kinder needed to exist. And hence, ironically on the train, the marketing meetup was born. Something new entered the world. And I've included a kitten picture here as well for folks who are a little bit more cat people than dog people. Uh, hopefully you appreciate. The marketing meetup looked a little bit like this. It was a collection of some very, very lovely people in a Redgate software server in a canteen coming together to learn, to connect and do it with kindness. Now let's fast forward to February 2020. Things were going great. I'd just gone full time on the marketing meetup. Everyone was being kind to one another. They were looking after each other. We had 140 events going across in 13 locations in the world, including New York, where that picture is from. And very importantly, we were doing everything on meetup.com. That was where we were hosting our events. But everyone knows what happens in March 2020. Our friend coronavirus steps in. And all of a sudden, instead of meeting up, then everyone was staying in. And 140 in-person events, well, they went off in a puff of smoke. Importantly for this story, meetup.com, it became a ghost town. Nobody was there anymore. We almost lost our way of communicating with the community. But fortunately, we had an ace in the hole. And that ace was a MailChimp list. A MailChimp list of 2,367 marketing people. Some of you may well have been on that list at that point. A list I may well point out that it was James's idea to start in the first instance. Like he was the person behind all of this. Importantly for this list, unlike meetup.com, this email list was impervious to uh, algorithmic changes. It was impervious to... Uh, changes in how people related to platforms such as Meetup. People were able to uh, still use email, even if COVID was on. The email wasn't anything special since these 2,367 people. In fact, this is the first one we sent. It was actually a gift. We're just saying, thanks so much for being here. Everything and telling the little story of the marketing Meetup. Like we didn't know what we were doing, but we figured we'd just try it out. At the beginning of COVID, this is probably the email I'm most proud of sending ever. It was to those 2,367 people. And it said this, hey there, are you okay? This might be our mailing list, but we care. Your reply will be picked up. On that day, we got 200 responses from the Marketing Meetup community coming back to us with different responses on how they were feeling. Every one of those 200 responses got a reply in turn hopefully saying, you know, look, we're there for you and it's okay to feel crap because at the beginning of COVID, things did feel crap. But also importantly, it gave us the opportunity to do things like this, which is at the beginning of COVID sort of say, actually, you know what? We can't meet up anymore, but here's the plan. Here's the things that we are going to be doing. And hence this webinar schedule that we've been running for the past two and a half years. There's been over a hundred events now, and it's really been the making of this sort of community in an online sense. And it's really sort of springboarded us back into the real world. All that's happened over these past two and a half years is that 2,367 people, well, it's turned into a community of some 35,000 people across the world. Not only that, 
They're positively lovely and engaged. It's wicked. And honestly, I can't say thank you enough for being uh, for being part of all of this. Needless to say, I love email, but this story isn't about me, it's about you. And 53 slides in, I could get a drum roll from the chat feature right now. We'll see how you manage that one. <laughs> then drum roll, please. Uh, let's do... <laughs> Those are some excellent interpretations of drum rolls. Thank you, everyone. Uh, <laughs> then let's do the title slide, which is what I've learned about building a newsletter. You guys are the best. Thank you. And actually, just to go back to that, what I've learned about building a newsletter. Isn't that a bloody inspirational title? What a brainwave that was. Now, I could spend this time speaking about uh, software tactics and more, but actually that's for the Q&A. And so I really would encourage you to use the Q&A feature for the duration of today's session, because like I want to get into that. So I'm going to go quick on the rest of this. But I think the most useful thing I can do is give a grounding on what's important, the three things that I think you need to have in mind before you even go into your MailChimps, your ConvertKits, your HubSpots, whatever it may be, to actually create emails that matter. And those three things are this, where email fits. Secondly, it's not about you. And thirdly, how to make an email yours. If that sounds good, then let's go. Number one, where email fits. Now, I have a confession to make. For the first, I don't know, five, six years of my marketing career, bearing in mind I'm only 10 years in now, I was a very, very average marketer. I'm still not great. I'm still, you know, I, I might be like 5.5 out of 10, who knows? But the thing was, I know what it feels like to be stuck in the mud. I know what it feels like to launch something and like get no response. And that means to say that when we're speaking about email here, then really actually the thing that I love is email in context. I don't just love email by itself because fundamentally as a tool, a newsletter is just a, that, it's a tool. It's a tool that can be used for good or it's a tool that can be used just like my DIY skills for basically nothing. It can be completely rubbish. So really what we're speaking about here with the table stakes, the table stakes for great emails are context and purpose. And I've got two thoughts on that. So let's go through. First, on context. Now, a lot of you will be familiar with this guy, Mark Ritson. He has this uh, model, which changed my marketing career. I, I've got no problem admitting that. And that is diagnosis, strategy, and tactics. For those of you unfamiliar, at the diagnosis stage, you're looking to understand the market. At the strategy stage, you're looking to uh, say, who are we going to target? What are we going to target them with? What's the message that we want to get out to those people? And how are we going to reach them? At the tactic stage, that's where stuff like the price, the place, the promotion, the product come in. And those are things that are vigorously defended by marketing academics around the world, as well as practitioners are saying, those are just the four Ps you need. It's okay to focus on those tactics. And email, it very, very, very much fits into that last thing, the tactics. Now, this is a very, very important point. But what it means to say is that until you've got your, you've understood the market you're going to be serving and know the message that you want to go out to them with, don't even go into your email system. There's no point. There's no point at all. Have your diagnosis and your strategy sorted first before starting with your tactics. This is an important point. I don't have enough time to go into it. So watch this talk, On the Contrary by Mark Ritson. I recommend it all the time. It changed my marketing world. 
I think it might do for yours too, if you're unfamiliar with diagnosis, strategy and tactics. So that's context, but how about purpose? Well, let's keep this statement in mind. What you're trying to achieve and for whom makes the world a difference. It's not just let's do some emails. What we're focusing in here is especially on that first bit, what you're trying to achieve. How do you use email? Well, for me, I'd, I'd recommend this. I'd, I'd be thinking about these six things. I'd be thinking about the funnel, the age old funnel that we speak about in marketing, awareness, consideration, preference, purchase, retention, and advocacy. And these are the different ways in which you can use email to just give some purpose to your activity. Here we can see that I've, I've, removed, uh, I've removed preference from some reason. So let's just speak about five stages and the way that the marketing meetup uses our emails in different ways in order to, um, to, to speak to the community. At the awareness stage, we don't do an awful lot because the point of that is that like at the awareness stage, you're making people aware that you exist. Well, we don't do a lot of cold email. Uh, so we don't really do anything at the awareness stage. That's not how we choose to use email as a tool. Uh, in, in the marketing meetup. But the consideration stage, we may send an email. In fact, we do. I sent one this morning that said, hey, we're going to run a webinar today. Would you like to come along? And that's a consideration thing. You know, you're aware the marketing meetups here and actually, you know what, you may well come through. We don't really sell anything to you at the marketing meetup, but at the purchase stage, the closest thing that we've got is our confirmation emails. I think Zoom actually does a really bad job of those, and I'd love to do a much better thing with the marketing meetup emails at the confirmation stage. But actually, that's a kind of purchase uh, kind of email. And then at the retention and advocacy stage, the marketing meetup is specifically a kind of organization that, as I say, doesn't really do a great job at selling anything to you apart from webinars. So we, we just say, come to more webinars and here's some extra stuff that we think you'll like. And then at the advocacy stage, we sort of say, you know what, could you help us? Could you let us know what you would like us to help you with a little bit more or could you uh, fill in the survey because it will help us help you more or indeed at the beginning of every event we ask you to share something on social media and, and again that's a, a testimonial request that's a request for advocacy now one of my great heroes and another person that James introduced me to and someone that we visited at the end of last year you should see the videos of those they're great uh, on our YouTube channel David Hyatt is this man and David Hyatt says uh if you're going to sell, sell. If you're going to entertain, entertain. Basically, do one thing well. And I think the same theory applies for email. So here we can see an email, which I would consider more of a consideration-based email. You've come into the Marketing Meetup newsletter and, and you've got the option to say, hey, look, you're invited to this email. You're invited to this event. This is a consideration-based email. This email has purpose. This email is after the event. It's the same webinar that we ran, but it's got a very different purpose. It's more about retention. It's more about advocacy. So what you can see at the top is that we've got uh, stuff about uh, keeping in touch with the community. So joining our Facebook group, uh, getting the recording in case you missed it, joining the Marketing Meetup podcast. And actually we snuck in a little bit of advocacy at number five there, but actually this is far more about retention. This is a retention-based email. And then this is something else. This is, again, probably more of a retention-based email than anything else. But when we send out our bite-sized roundups, again, it's a little bit about retention. It's about focus. It's about bringing people through and sort of saying, you know what, you're engaged now. And, and if you want to be part of it, then, you know, here, here you are. Here's the opportunity to continue to be engaged. 
and gladly with the marketing meetup then it's just a free thing that you can come along to and, and have a nice time and meet some very lovely people it's a very nice bit of retention i hope you feel the same basically there's a world of opportunity with our emails and right now i think the most important thing is that before we head into our various softwares that we take the time to understand context and purpose which then gives us the opportunity to enter our our marketing and our email softwares uh, and not be stuck in the mud but do it with a purpose and a reason number two it's not about you how to get people to sign up uh, to your email so this very lovely lady is called penny penny ferguson in fact she came to one of our webinars uh, a, a long time ago at the beginning of uh, last year now, this is a really, really lovely uh, picture of Penny. She is the 77-year-old CEO of a company called The Living Leader, uh, which changed my life uh, for the better. Now, this is a lovely photo of Penny until you realize the very creepy clown in the background, and then it becomes a little bit sinister. But actually, just focus on Penny. And Penny changed my life with four words. It's not about you. Now, when we, a lot of us, go on to our websites. If we have a newsletter presently, then a lot of our sign-up forms are going to look a little bit like this. Sign up to receive the latest updates and news. That's already the most generic sort of bit of copy that you'll ever do. And by the way, I have done this too. I have written down the latest news straight into your inbox more times than I care to admit before I cross it out and do something else because it's the most generic way to sort of say, you know what, come and have our information. In fact, the, the biggest signal I think that a sign-up form like this gives is we want your data and we're going to sell it you. It's just not good. It's not good enough. It, it doesn't convey any sense of purpose, any reason for people to want to join up to your newsletter. If we're speaking about sign-up forms, which we are, then there has to be something a little bit better. Fundamentally, the question that I think we need to be asking is what's in it for the people you're helping? And I love that way of thinking about marketing too. What's in it for the people you're helping? It's a very human experience and it's not human to human marketing. It's just saying we're a bunch of people making it up. And actually, if we can communicate between the two of us, then we've got the opportunity to help you. That's really, really cool. Two more thoughts on this. So first, sign-up forms. Here's some really, really great examples of sign-up forms, which I think do so much better than the latest news straight to your inbox. The first is marketing examples run by a guy called Harry Dry. Here you can see that uh, there's a very clear, this is the sign-up form, by the way, which has seen Harry get 100,000 subscribers to his newsletter in like two and a half, three years, which is phenomenal. It sits at the top of his page and at the top of the page in the top left, it's got a logo. It's got a logo that says marketing examples. You know why you're there immediately. You have context. Next, get six new tips in your inbox every other Monday. There's a very specific reward. You're getting six tips, six new tips, and then every other Monday. So you're getting reassurance that you're not going to be getting emails every day. It's going to be something that sort of happens like every two weeks, which seems all right. And then again, I didn't highlight it here, but he puts yes, please, which I think is a lovely little call to action as well, which is really human. Next, we've got uh, Eddie Schlainer uh, on very good copy. Again, what we can see here on his page is a, a, a very, very, very uh, 
I've, I've just seen the comment from Neil here. He says, Harry is brilliant, but not loving the capital on, please. James pulls me up on our emails all the time for lowercase things as well. So like, there's definitely something to be said for that. Uh, <laughs> nonetheless, um, this is Eddie's page. Uh, Eddie says very, very clearly at the top, if you're going to join my, uh, if you're going to join my newsletter, you're going to get one very specific thing. You're going to learn how to persuade. And then it says, well, it is. It's about copywriting and creativity. There's a very, very clear, specific reward that people are going to get by joining that newsletter. What I also love here is that Eddie takes the time to include some social proof to say, actually, you know what? This is not just going to be about uh, you're not going to be here by yourself on this journey. There's 40,000 other people on this journey with you. And then a very clear button. Again, super good. I like this one. And then finally, Dave Harlan. Again, we've got some social proof at the top. We've got 12,559 other people are on this newsletter. Again, Dave gives a very specific reward. Sign up for mind-blowingly simple marketing tips, devilishly persuasive copywriting techniques, and downright ridiculous stories. Note how that's, you know, Dave's a copywriter, so he should be good at this, right? But that's one sentence that is just beautifully compelling. And again, he gives clear uh, assurance on your regularity of how often you're going to receive it. Every one of these sign-up forms has a clear purpose in saying, you know what, you're going to get this thing if you join this newsletter. I think that's wicked. I think more of us should do things like that. Secondly, on it's not about you, let's think about language. I think this phrase in marketing should die. I don't think many things, uh, I don't wish death on many things, but I wish death on this phrase, we're so excited. So I want to give an example of how I tend to think about it in our copy, at the very least. Um, so this is... Um, <laughs> a snippet from the very bottom of our emails that says, I really, 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 really hope these sessions will be useful for you. We get started next Tuesday. Hope to see you there with so much love. Joe, James, L, and TMM. P.S. If I can ask a favor, experience with friends, a little bit of advocacy at the bottom there. But actually what we see there is that if you see the instances for you, I really hope these sessions will be useful for you. We get started next Tuesday. Hope to see you there with so much love. Joe, James, and L. It's about you. It's about the people that come up and sort of say, you know, it's, it's for the people who are reading. It's not about us. It's not saying, you know, like, we're excited. It's about, I hope it's exciting for you. I think that's really important. And so I think great email communications always keep that in mind. So rather than saying we're so excited, let's think about why they should be excited. And here again, we can apply our friend. The, uh, the awareness, consideration, purchase, retention, and advocacy. At the awareness stage, you can say, here's an exciting opportunity for you, making people aware of something that exists. Uh, at the consideration stage, there's things like, here's a thing you'll like, well, such as a webinar. At the purchase stage is, here's the details of your purchase. At the retention, you're amazing. Here's something else you might like. And at the advocacy, can you help me make this experience even better for yourself by bringing in others? It's all about them. It's not about us. Finally, number three, and then the talk is over and then we can get into the Q&A. So if you have any questions, do get them into the Q&A right now. Uh, I can see that there's eight open questions right now um, and we'll, we'll go from there. 
there's nothing more intimidating than a blank sheet of paper. Nothing more intimidating at all. And so I wanted to very quickly at the end of this, uh, give a demonstration of 12 opportunities for you to make your emails your own in a 25 word email. Now, I think this is important because actually what I've sort of taken the time, hopefully in this talk to do is to say that actually, you know, there is no golden sort of way to write an email. The only way that you're going to be able to do it is to, um, is to make it your own, to make it your own in the pursuit of helping the people that you want to help the most. And actually what we can see here on this, this email is 25 emails long, there are these 12 opportunities to make emails your own. So here we've got the subject line. Now, James, as I say, gives me stick all the time for making them lower case, but it sure as hell sticks out in the, in the, uh, in the, uh, in the inbox and it's consistent. You know, I think that's more important. It's not just about sticking out for the sake of sticking out. It's at least consistent with the marketing meetup. It's consistent with the stuff that we put out and therefore the expectation is that that's going to be the case. I'm not saying it's good. I'm not saying it's bad. I'm just saying it's consistent. Um, more than that, the subject line here also is ridiculously long. It's stupidly long. It's, it's, more, it's more long than it definitely needs to be, but it's slightly contrived and like my writing style is quite wordy. And so therefore, at least you know that it's consistent and feels like ours. Next, they've got the profile photo in line with the branding. So you've got the marketing meetup gradient in the background. It's actually changed since then because now it's uh, the marketing meetup smile, but you can see that it's a person in emailing you. And very much importantly, as part of all of that, this email is coming from my personal email address. It's not coming from a no reply at tmm.com. I think that's a really important point because I think that there's an opportunity missed by a lot of marketing folks by having a no reply email address. It doesn't make sense to me because if a customer wants to get in touch with you, then I really think it's really important that we allow them to do it on terms that allows them to, uh, to, to get in touch with you. So <laughs> I don't mean to be wishing death upon two things in, in, in a single talk, but here we go. I think no reply email should die. I think we need something which is far more personal. I think ideally behind a person. I think as we're moving more and more towards people being uh, happy to engage with personal brands as well as brands as, as a larger concept, then I think this will only become more powerful. Next, we've got the unique salutation and James referenced this at the beginning and, and, and hopefully some of you like it, but I think really the, the exercise that this proves more than anything is that you can just say, hi, Joe, or you can say, hi, Joe, and then hopefully make someone's day with it. The point is not necessarily that you need to copy me, but the point is actually that it's, it's an opportunity that you can look at and you can say, can our salutation be a little bit different? Can it be something that represents us a little bit better? I think fundamentally, these are about looking for opportunities, again, to be more like you. Here we get the copy, again, super short, and we use emojis. Again, it might not be right for you, but it was right for us at that moment in time. And again, the copy in the CTA, the call to action, is informal and not a sign up here. Really the most important thing and these 12 things, these 12 things that I'm pointing out is that the marketing meetup emails look and feel like marketing meetup emails. I think there's opportunities everywhere. And, and if we take the time to actually inspect them, then we can start to create emails that not only look, like, look and feel like us, but actually really resonate with our, our customers, our community, whoever we want to reach. So really this last point is one of just encouragement. It's just to take the time to sit down and question everything. Because an email doesn't have to be boring. 
whether it's B2B, B2C, whatever it is, it's an opportunity to get in touch with another human being and therefore seek out these opportunities to be more like you in the pursuit of helping the people you want to help. So there we have it. Three underlying principles of email that I hope would set us up for a really, really good uh, foundation point on sending great emails. So we spoke about context and purpose at the beginning, about placing uh, email very much in the place of a tactic rather than diagnosis and strategy. It needs to be at the end. It needs to be after you've already set out your strategy. Secondly, we spoke about it not being about you. And we spoke about sign-up forms and we spoke about the language that you use in your emails. It's not about you, so make it about the customer. And then finally, how to make an email yours. And really the broader point there was very much like, there's just a bunch of opportunities. So let's see, let's see you come out. Like, I think this is just a really good uh, platform that can be used in so many different ways. And we've just got the time to, to, to really inspect it and create something special. Because at the end of the day, just like the Borat meet GIF or the, 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 the tape, it's just a tool. Email is just a tool. How you use it is really what makes the difference. So with all that said, thank you very much for listening for this last bit of the period. My name is Joe Glover. This is the Marketing Meter. You can catch our newsletter. Find me on LinkedIn. Um, and this line doesn't work anymore because usually at the end of an event, I say, you can find me in the toilet. But <laughs> it doesn't work here. So let's go into the Q&A instead that's the dodgiest way to finish any presentation <laughs> like come on we were trying to encourage people to come to our events they're not like find, find me hiding in. in the toilet <laughs> oh, hiding in the toilet right okay different <laughs> very different Goodness <laughs> me. Oh, oh that's brilliant thanks for that mate I, do you know it's really interesting sort of where where we started out and and sort of fumbling to get an online business going and and i think probably a lot of people like me just see these things land in their inbox and it seems nice and casual but actually there is there's a lot of thinking that goes behind that and you know down to the very carefully sort of chosen words and and all that kind of thing so you know it's um i think that's brilliant and i think it's been super valuable for not only me but for the for the community as a whole um before we go into the questions i've got a question and um, because you know i'm host i can ask it first <laughs> um I'm interested to know, uh, well, two things. One, is there an email that you receive? And I know you're famously not brilliant on uh, sort of managing email, but do you, is there one that you always look out for that you're like, hey, I'm going to read this because it's it's really good? <laughs> well, it's at this point, I, I definitely plug Being Human by uh, our, our very favourite James Sandbrook. <laughs> it's almost like we planned it. Uh, <laughs> But no, I, you know, I, I love your email because uh, it, it, it is, speaks to being human. I think that's, that's bang on in the sense that um, I think you and I share a sense that um, business is just a bunch of people doing their best. And I think you embody that. Um, so I think that's wicked. Yeah, um, thanks, mate. But, I wasn't actually expecting you to say that. No, 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 no. But <laughs> like, you beyond, that, else? beyond that, you know, so I, I really love um, Louis Grenier's uh, email. Uh, and I think that the reason why I love it is that, so he hasn't been doing as much of this recently uh, because of the birth of his daughter, but um, he, he takes long form considered uh, email and, and actually spends the time to write something really, really thoughtful 
and meaningful. He writes basically blog posts every time that he sends an email. So you open it up and you're like, yep, I know that that's going to be wicked. I think yeah. there's also an underlying principle there, which is that and my old boss used to speak about this, which and they used to say that they used to want to open an email newsletter and it feel a little bit like his favorite magazine in that he could open up the pages and he kind of knew what to expect. So he knew that there would be like his favorite sketch in, in private eye on page 20. And so he would always go to page 20. And so I think there's a lot to be said for like consistency, really. You know, and I, yeah. I think that speaks also to a wider, wider point, which is one that not everyone reads every email. You know, so the marketer meetup has an open rate of about 40% of our newsletter, which I'm really pleased with. But that still means that 60% of people, you know, don't open every time, you know, and that's absolutely fine. But I think if we got that consistency built in matched with quality, then I think that's a real recipe for success. And so when I speak about Louis and those, uh, those long form blog content emails, I think that's wicked. So that will be why. Uh, I have to agree. Actually, I mean, I I get Louis's email as well, and I think it's great. The one thing that I think would be better is that it landed in my inbox, and this is a timing question, which I think we've got uh, in the Q and A. Um, I always used to think if I'm going to write a longer form email, that's that there's a lot of content in there to consume, is to maybe send it like on a Sunday afternoon when people are just sort of sat chilling out, rather than you know if you're sending a, a long form email on a, a Monday at ten. Mm-hmm. you just it just gets deleted because you think oh and, and quite often i mark louis as unread because i'm like i know there's gold in there and i want to come back to it <laughs> that's uh, interesting one of, one of my favorites is uh is david hyatt's actually you mentioned david the mm, yes um, his his business uh hyatt denim they they write uh, an email called the scrapbook chronicles um and it's got a mix of creativity and tech and culture and all sorts of things and they're kind of like bite-sized things which work well for somebody with a short attention span like mine <laughs> but, but yeah um should we jump into the to the q a um Absolutely. we've got holly holly is the holly from impression one of our sponsors has managed to get herself right to the top uh, and she says subject line and send time best practices to the point what are they joe <laughs> holly wants to know come on she's a sponsor. Yeah. <laughs> i i i you know i, I always I tend to move away from sort of catch-all catch all things uh, and sort of say, you know, th- this is the best time because there'll be people watching in today who are in life sciences, there'll be people watching in who are in agencies, there'll be people watching in who are in, you know, sort of one-person bands and, and, and with a range of customers. And so I think it would, be, it would be wrong for me to say there is a best time to send the email. That being said, you know, I, I think I... The way that I tend to think about it is by making inferences on, on human behavior. And so the way that I think about it with the marketing meetup emails that we send, generally speaking, around 8.30 to sort of nine o'clock in the morning is that most people will be sort of sitting down at their desk around that kind of time, maybe a little bit later, but it'll at least be in their inbox for that point in time. And they're probably going to be looking at their calendar as well. And they're probably going to be looking ahead to the day and sort of saying, oh, yeah, I know where the gaps are here, you know, and so on and so forth. And so if you see a really, really compelling webinar, Tuesday, two o'clock, and you know that you've got a gap and something lands in your inbox, which sort of says, here you go, then that feels like quite a sensible, you know, sort of time to, to, to sort of send our email. 
And so that's the reason why we send ours quite early on. Um, it may well be because I know that because Polly's in an agency that it may well be that um, Polly knows that people tend to sit down at their desk at lunchtime and eat their lunch at desk with uh, their lunch at their desk. which isn't a great practice uh, uh, for health reasons, but you know, like it may well be that you know that, and therefore you can sort of say, "Yep, yeah, you know what we're going to do a lunchtime email." And so, like I would say, there's no such thing as a best time catch-all, but there's probably some inferences that you can make from human behavior which give you a better chance. I think the last thing to say on that is probably that like, just like you, like there is different ways which we interact with emails. So you look at people like Louis, where you've actually gone in and said, I mark it as unread because I know that I want to go back into it. Like you may well go back to it because you know it's good. And I think that's, um, that's also an important thing to note, which is if the content is good, then people will seek it out to a certain extent. Not always, but they will seek it out sometimes. And if that's the case, then, then always prioritize the content first and foremost. Yeah, and I think just to just to touch on subject line because I think that's a really oh, yeah. <laughs> really important one. Just like you can put, and, I, and I've done it myself with my own email. I've put my heart and soul into writing something that I'm really proud of, and then spent about five minutes coming up with the subject line, which has been a bit mediocre. And then all of a sudden, my open rate's really bad. I'm like, but the email's really good. Like, <laughs> I want you to read this one, and, and so almost the subject line becomes arguably one of the most important important things great 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 point and so i would again you can't you can't give catch-all advice but what you can say is that like i think honesty is always the best policy and so i say that because for example it was a recent example actually so i had covid about three four months ago and like i just pushed through again not a very good example so i'm sitting here but i knew i wanted to get the newsletter out so i sort of pushed through and i put a slightly clickbaity sort of uh, subject line in you know i think it was like uh, would you like 21 percent more customers it was speaking about accessibility and how you know like 21 percent of the world's population have accessibility troubles uh, or challenges and therefore you know if we gear our activity to tw those 21 percent people then we've got the opportunity to reach more folks and i put that rubbish subject line in which said would you like 21 percent more people and the point here is that actually I got, you know, a number of emails back from folks sort of saying, you can do better. You can do better than making me click into a thing. And like, I, I was sat there sort of thinking, you know, I've really pushed through on COVID for this, you know, and, I, you know, it was upsetting, but it was true. And the, I think the point is here that it's not about just getting people to open your newsletter. Once they're in, you know, they have to, uh, they have to like the content it has to deliver. And so I'd really encourage folks to, you know, for me, like our, our current subject lines are like very much just like, um, here's what's in it. It's like marketing jobs and 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 a webinar on 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 newsletters. But that's you know that's something which hasn't harmed us. And I think if people want what's in it, then you can just tell them what's in it uh, rather than sort of having to play tricks because I, I don't think that serves anyone. One of the, um, so when Joe and I went to Hyatt Denim, we sat with, uh, I can't remember the lady's name now, but the lady that manages the emails for Hyatt Denim. Uh, and we talked about subject lines and theirs is scrapbook chronicles, hashtag number, whatever it is, 300 and such and such. And it's the same every single time. And we kind of asked the question, we're like, well, do you not want to vary it? And, but actually that familiarity is something that people look for and, and therefore it becomes quite consistent in terms of open rates and that kind of thing. So 
yeah there isn't there isn't one one thing of doing it but i think you bang on in saying like don't promise something get somebody really excited and then it's a bit like a clickbaity uh youtube thumbnail it's like it actually harms you if you go oh that looks like an interesting video you click on it and actually the video has nothing to do with that you're going to come out of it straight away and that sort of you know that's that's a lot of uh, trust gone so um so yeah that's great thanks joe uh alex asks uh open rates or click rates which is a better kpi for newsletters or is it something else <laughs> well let's go down to the the awareness consideration purchase retention advocacy so you may well be that your the purpose of your email is that you just want to make people aware of something so today uh the marketing meetup newsletter went out we had three calls to action we had the first one was about the 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 webinar the second was marketing jobs and then the third was a list of the the technology that we use uh, at the marketing meetup and in the third of those sections the technology there wasn't any clickable links that was just a bit of information about the things that we do and so really the purpose of that bit of the section it had nothing to do with clicks it was just about people opening and so in that case you could say that the open rate is the the determining factor that's the most useful thing um, it may well be if you're going to be doing like a more consideration or a purchase based email, then actually the click is going to be really, really important. And so I'd rather say, rather than sort of say for newsletters in general, I would say, what's the purpose of your newsletter? Is it awareness, consideration, purchase, retention and advocacy? And that will probably feed you the KPI, which is going to be the most important. Um, that's the way I think about it. And that's why purpose behind your emails is so, so important. Yeah. And I, and I think if you... Uh, I can see somebody in the chat asking about, you know, can you can emails be there for for sort of selling? Uh, they can, but I think you you've got to you've got to offer more value than uh, than you offer uh, than you sort of try and sell. It's the kind of uh, I don't usually reference it, but like the Gary Vaynerchuk, uh, he wrote a book years ago called Jab 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 Right Hook, and it's about value 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 value, and then like there might become a point where you know we send an email out for the marketing meetup saying, hey, we'd like you to buy. A marketing meetup jumper i don't know we haven't <laughs> marketing meetup jumpers but you know at that point it might be three years in of value-led emails and there's a there's a lot more kind of you know uh, much higher chance of uh, people buying jumpers we're not going to do jumpers um, okay uh any tips for a better open rates for b2b businesses that's an interesting one any thoughts yeah. on that Jay? yeah well you know i i think uh <laughs> We do actually sell jumpers. <laughs> We've got our little stuff. Yeah, we make like no money on it at all. Like because <laughs> even the co-founders doesn't know about it. <laughs> <laughs> but people on jumpers like very very happy to to send a link to our page. They'll come out in the follow-up email. The big really banner. Good. The subject line is going to be buy our jumpers. <laughs> they're really good jumpers. They're organic cotton. They've been like ethically produced. They're like I, I love it so yeah we'll, we'll send the links to the to the jumpers if people and we sell t-shirts too anyway. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> anyway uh b2b businesses <laughs> any tips for better than open rates for b2b businesses um so this is this is a marketing cliche right you know that it's it's um it's it's human to human. Like I hate it when people say human to human in marketing because it feels so blindingly obvious, but it's important. Yes, there's hoodies too, Lindsay. Um, but um, <laughs> with with 
with B2B, I, I think the most important thing is that so often, and I'd appreciate if the, the anonymous attendee would ask a follow-up question here maybe about why B2B feels different. Because I think the argument that a lot of people will put forward is that it is, it's, it's boring. But I really don't think B2B is boring. I think B2B is really blooming exciting. Um, you got the opportunity largely to sell to a far use, uh, smaller customer base, uh, a number of folks who you can really nail in and understand on a quite, uh, you know, on a level which you could never really appreciate if you're going to be like sending like emails to thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of people. So B2B feels different because the assumption is you need to be more formal uh, is what Laura has put in there. So let's take that. I don't think that's true. I just don't think it's true anymore. I think what we can see is a choice. And I'm going to speak about Monzo now. So Monzo are a bank. They're financial services. I mean, in theory, that's a really quote-unquote boring sector to be in. But what we saw with Monzo is that they came in, they made a choice. They made a choice to be a challenger brand with a specific tone of voice. This means that it sort of comes across and uh, gets in touch with like a very specific type of person. They made a choice on their positioning, and therefore their positioning matches their messaging. And so all of a sudden, you know, Monzo have made this choice. They've now got a positioning. They've got a messaging that matches. And it's nothing about formality or indeed uh, being sensible. It's about having a voice that is true to them. And so I think, like, fundamentally, it's about finding your own voice and, and sort of running through. I can see you moving, though, James. So I want to give you the chance. Yeah, to well, I mean, obviously, that's a bit more B2C uh, true. as an example. But yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I'm thinking about my own email and ones that I work with with other clients where if you're talking about your products or service and that's the thing that you're just ramming down people's throat via email then b2b emails become really dull really quickly I very rarely talk about actually making you know well here's a video I made or you know it's more about the thoughts that are in my head and I'm trying to get people to know me as the person sending the email because I'm ultimately the one that people are buying from and so I think the opportunity with, you know, as a, uh, a company that I work with that uh, do part exchange for house builders. Well, if you just talk about part exchange, then you're going to get bored pretty quickly. Whereas Steve, the guy that runs it, um, you know, he's a really lovely guy. And, and ultimately, they, Steve wants people to buy from him. So he talks about things outside of uh, outside of what he does and his view on the, you know, on the world. And, and actually that that keeps his audience really warm. And so. That, that feels like the B2B opportunity is actually to, to really layer in some personality and bring bring forward all the people that, that are helping you run the business. Um, mm -hmm. I think there's, there's massive power in that. That's it. And the, the, the last thing I, I, I agree fully, and the last thing I'd say on that is that it's okay to be boring too, and it's okay to be formal. You don't have to be like the emoji written, you know, whatever, you know, match what your customers want and expect. And if that is quote-unquote boring which I, I i still disagree with then that's okay because that's what the customer's there for if my uh if my pension fund started going crazy on me you know like i i don't know how i'd respond so you know matching customers i think that's really important so um i should imagine this would be a, qu a quick answer but alex asks uh which esp do you think is is best Cool. Uh, we've used Mailchimp. We've used ConvertKit. We're moving to HubSpot now. Um, I think Mailchimp is really, really great, and and will do for ninety percent of the businesses. It it sort of 
gets quite expensive as you get more subscribers. Uh, ConvertKit is great if you want to be doing more plain text emails. It's very sort of creator-led as a platform, so they do a lot of incentivization for things like that. HubSpot, we've now moved into just based on the amount of organizers that we have for our local events, and therefore stuff like team permissions becomes really important. Stuff like automation becomes really important. Um, and therefore, you know, I, I don't think there's the best. There's just a uh, what's right for you. And there's a, there's a bunch out there. Clavio is another example that's really uh, focused in on e-commerce. Um, so it goes into what features do you need? And, and that's how we ended up choosing HubSpot most recently was that the features we needed only existed on HubSpot. And so we went with them. And, and so if, if I was to go through the process, I'd just write down what you need and then have a bunch of demos and sort of see what satisfies it the best. That would be how I'd approach it. I've got a really small mailing list, probably about 300, and I use MailChimp and it's fine. It's nice and easy. And I've got other customers that are on there and it's you know, nice and user-friendly. So if you're just starting out, then that's probably a good place to, good place to start. Uh, Simon, who I think is one of our Birmingham attendees, uh, how far ahead are you planning your emails? <laughs> <laughs> I think we should really. <laughs> Do you want to answer that, Jen? Or... <laughs> well, <laughs> to give it, I'm really outing myself as a very <laughs> bad person in terms of my working habits. So the email you would have received this morning um, was written at the same time as and written and sent at the same time uh, i started it last night about nine o'clock actually after i got back from jersey uh, sort of sat down and, and sort of did the bulk of it and this is actually where the sort of the uh not the templated approach but the consistent approach uh, is really useful so i knew that broadly speaking this email would have a header which was about the webinar the middle would be about the jobs and then i just needed to figure out a bit of value-led content for folks that wouldn't want to engage with either, either of those two things and so today i settled on the the 23 bits of martech that we use but like we write it at the same time and like i'm sure if you go back and look at marketing meetup emails which i try not to now because it'll embarrass me there's probably a lot of typos and stuff like that um but you know, like, I think, uh, you know, it's important to be honest. <laughs> I think one of the things you can do, Simon, as well, is uh, if you're doing like a, a newsletter, if you're sort of forced, if you let, let's say you're sending it out every Monday um, and you sit down to, to write it, it becomes really hard to just come up with the ideas on the spot. I think as a creative, sometimes we're just expected to to come up with ideas. Um, so I use uh, Notion as a... Uh, note-taking app uh, for and I've got a folder for ideas and that might be ideas for LinkedIn might be ideas for email and as they come into my head if I read something or I'm watching something on the telly or I'm having my breakfast and an idea comes into my mind I drop it down in there and my email is monthly so by the time I come to write it I've actually got all the content that I'm going to share it's just a case of just patting it into shape and sending it out think if I was in a place where I had to just start from fresh and, and do it on the spot, unless I'd got a structure and a, and a purpose, um, you know, such as like announcing a, a webinar, I think it'd be really hard to do those on the spot. So I'd certainly use that, have a have a resource sat there that you add to over time um, to make your, your writing of your emails easier. Um, Lee, do you think a B2B focused business can still be uh, can still build a community of engaged newsletter subscribers. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, 
Yes, it may just be smaller. It may be smaller, um, but actually you may use it in a different way. So context and purpose, you may decide that uh, your your newsletter list is going to be 50 people, but it's going to be 50 heads of e-commerce in medium to large retail brands. Yeah. Uh, and you provide the world's greatest email to those 50 people. Uh, yeah. And that's fine. Um, it doesn't need to be... Uh, tens of thousands, a community. So Lee used the word community there. A community is not defined by the size of how large it is. It is defined by the, the, the people in it and how they are engaged and how they feel when they're part of it. And so whether it's 50 or 50,000 or 50 million, the most important thing is like you're there for them and, and, and the email can certainly play a part in that picture. Yeah, definitely. And as I've already said, mine's really small and it has probably been the best lead generator for human above anything else that I've done in the last four years and it you know only up until recently it probably only got 200 people on it um and it only takes one person to go oh yeah actually mm. need to get in touch. so it's yeah I, it doesn't need to be big it just needs to be good so yeah I think we're we're at pretty much at time um did you want to what what we can do is we can save some of these questions and maybe I don't know, form a blog post off the back of it or you know, yeah, absolutely. sort of answer some, some of the questions. Um, it'd be really, really, really great if you could share your sort of big takeaway on, on social today. And as I say, uh, we'll send out um, the links to you, to the people that sponsor us and allow this to happen and for Joe and I to just have fun on a webinar giggling with each other. Uh, <laughs> and, you know, we really, really appreciate your coming and massively appreciate our sponsors as well um and so yeah make sure you're, you're signing in next week uh because we'll have another one coming and uh and yeah we'll probably look at that bang on three o'clock it's time to go and get the kids <laughs> so, yeah we'll speak to you all soon and thanks for coming thank you everyone really appreciate all of you take care